Cyrus looked over his shoulder as much as to say, You're kidding, right? Jack shrugged. The dog had it down to thirteen minutes. While Cyrus was doing his thing, he spent the time checking and packing up his briefcase for the trip into Georgetown. He heard the sound then, one that was familiar, one that he hadn't heard in a long time. The ringtone of the special encrypted phone Avery Snowden had supplied to all of them, the sisters and the boys, too. Where was it? Somewhere in the bottom of his briefcase, buried in a mound of papers. Finally, he found it. Cyrus let himself in the kitchen door and ran to the table the moment he recognized the strange sound coming from Jack's briefcase. He forgot all about the treat he always got when he came in from doing his business, because he knew that when he heard that particular sound, it meant action. He sat back on his haunches as he listened attentively to what Jack was saying. Bert! Jack's trouble antenna went straight up in the air. Talk to me, big guy. Cyrus was on his feet, his tail between his legs, his ears flat against his head at his master's tone of voice. Jack listened, frowned, grimaced, and finally said, Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'll call a meeting. We're on it. You do know the girls are off on some mystery mission that Interpol requested, except for Maggie. She's holding down the female fort, so to speak. No, no, no communication until their return. Six weeks, possibly longer. Yeah, yeah, we're on our own here. That's not a bad thing, Bert. He listened again and said, Abner will be my first call. I'll get back to you sometime later, after I call a meeting. Other than that, how are things in Macau? He listened again to a detailed progress report, then broke the connection. Jack stuffed the encrypted phone into one of the pockets in his cargo pants. He looked down at Cyrus, knowing the big dog wanted an explanation. Trouble is looming, buddy. Gotta call the guys for a meet at the Bolo building. You know that old saying, be careful what you wish for, because you just might get your wish. Well, ten minutes ago, I was wishing for something out of the ordinary, and here it is. Saddle up, Cyrus. Get your gear and let's hit the road. Cyrus didn't need to be told twice. Within minutes, he had clutched in his teeth a tattered, whiskerless yellow tabby named Goldie and a pink and purple dragon with half the stuffing missing that Nicky had sewn and re-sewn, a gift from Lily Wong that was the dog's pride and joy and that Nicky had named simply Dragon. He was good to go. There was a lilt in Jack's voice and a spring in his step when he ordered Cyrus to the kitchen door that led to the garage and his brand-new farm pickup truck. Cyrus was as excited as a six-month-old puppy. In dog language, he noted that at last he had something to do besides make his bed, fold towels, and chase squirrels he wasn't allowed to catch. Life was good, he thought as he hopped into the F-150 and secured his seatbelt. For now, along with his owner, he was king of the road. Yep, life was good. An hour later, Jack parked in a no-parking zone at a deli across the street from the Bolo building. The name Bolo, an acronym for Be on the Lookout, was a law enforcement term. He ran in to pick up the order he had called in en route ham, cheese, and roast beef on rye, along with a tub of pickles for himself and the guys, yogurt and salad for Maggie, 
and three all-roast beef sandwiches for Cyrus. He paid for his order and sprinted back to his truck at the curb, grateful no diligent cop had stuck a parking ticket under one of the windshield wipers. Jack unlocked the security door, which had a special one-of-a-kind lock, and entered the building, turned on the lights, and reset the thermostat. He moved around, getting out paper plates and utensils, something Maggie usually did, but since he was the one who had brought the food, he'd decided to save her the trouble. He then prepared the bun coffee maker, which would give him and the others an almost limitless supply of coffee for the meeting that was about to go down. Everything under control, Jack knew he had at least a good ten minutes, so he used them wisely by watering the huge banana tree in the foyer, a gift from Maggie when she had been stalking them and trying to find out what he and the others were up to back when he and the boys had just been getting organized.